0: A very special episode of Daily Delivery today. actually two of them coming up in a row, all talk with Jeff Day of the Star Tribune, multi-platform writer and editor. We are going to enthrall you with a draft of sorts, best and worst trades in Minnesota sports history. We're doing our 10 today, five each. We're going to do 10 of the best today. We're going to do the 10 worst on tomorrow's show. Um, Jeff, are you ready for this?
1: To me, I'm thrilled. Am I ready? Absolutely not, because I don't know where you're going to go, and I don't know that my I don't even have a firm understanding of my own opinion on some of these. I'm excited to talk about. it. I'm excited to get yes. into it, to get your perspective, and um. But I think now you tell me my thoughts about this. You know, was there's been so much chatter about Rudy Gobert over the yes. past year? It's just. And, and I bet
0: we'll get to that. And I bet we'll get to that tomorrow.
1: And if well, yes, okay. And so anyway, um, but yes, yes. I loved going back and thinking about some of these trades and trying to figure out uh, how do you rationalize some of them in retrospect on both sides. Some of them are so good, and some of them are so heinously bad. So anyway, I'm really
0: that. Well, you have the first overall pick in today's best trades draft. I tried to give you the first overall pick in both drafts as a gracious host i was trying to be the tim Connolly of of this trying to give you all the number one picks um but i didn't you you gave one back you were you were a kind general manager more kind than uh than danny ainge in utah and again we'll get to rudy gobert tomorrow i would imagine we're not getting him not getting to him today i don't oh, think man. unless you have a surprise in store for me and you're going to argue that that was one of the best um but you have jeff you have the first overall pick in this uh, this quote-unquote draft. And we're just going to go back and forth until each of us has made five picks and we get to 10 and we'll talk about it at the end a little bit too. Yeah. But what is, in your estimation, the best trade in Minnesota sports history, your first overall pick?
1: This is, I can't tell if this is recency bias because I was looking at two, one that's a little bit older. This one's one that's, you know, you and I are both really familiar with. Yeah. I think just based on total package that and everything that came in the wake of it, that yep. the twins landing Joe Nathan, Francisco yep. Liriano and Booth yep. Bonds for AJ Pierzinski in 2003. To me, it's a perfect trade. They had Joe Mauer. They it, you know, it's like taking a, an expendable piece and turning it into something incredible. Um I, there was no loss in this in my opinion. Piersinski went on to have a nice career. There's no problem with that, but you because you had Mauer, right. it made this a an absolute wash because you're just taking an expendable piece and turning it into one of the greatest closers of a generation. Liriano. I don't know what we say about him. You know, his eyes were so electric, right? Like
0: Dominant until the injury, really. I mean, 2006 is a major. What if in twins history, if he doesn't get hurt and they've got him and Johan going into the playoffs.
1: I'll never forget that was like, that was right towards the end of my years at college. And I was going to the dome and watching him and Santana. And when he started lighting up that second half yeah. as a time span, you're like, you could, it was impossible to even believe what you were seeing because Santana had been so dominant. And yeah. all of a sudden the <laughs> the twins have a picture who's more dominant than Yes. Yeah um and of course the iconic boof bonzer who well
0: he, he, he was okay he was, he was okay. all right
1: he was all right so that to me is number one i love that trade i still think it can i think it can be with any trade we'll talk about today
0: that was that that was on my list i had it number three although i kind of okay. toggled some things around i kind of juggled some things around but that certainly is like if you're just talking about like like you said dealing from a position of strength dealing and just like what they wound up getting and how that impacted them, especially, you know, Joe Nathan who, you know, I don't think San Francisco really knew what they had with him at the time. Cause he was like a converted infielder. They made yes. him into a relief pitcher and he was good for them, but he was just, he was a setup man there. This is back in more of the days of like the traditional closer. Yes. Twins immediately make him, you know, pretty much make him their closer. He he replaces Guardado as their, as their closer and becomes an all-star becomes this great pitcher for them for a number of years. And then yeah, Liriano with his dominance, even if it was a little bit short lived, but then, you know, he came back and was good in the, tw- in 2010 in particular, he was. he was a big part of that yeah. rotation too. So the haul they got for, uh, for, for Pruszynski, who, who like, and like you said, they had Maur, it's not like, it's not like, you know, they were going to keep Pruszynski forever and block their number one overall pick from St. Paul. Yeah. They weren't going to do that. Right. So right.
1: that's the thing too, that we'll get into with this stuff. It's like, do you, do you succeed from your position? I think is how you, yes. how you differentiate these two sides. And in this instance, they were in, to me, a not really a strong position. And yet somehow they came out with a tremendous win. So anyway, what do you got?
0: I have it's a little bit of a technicality so I oh, think that there might be some controversy um man. right off the jump here but I my my number my my first pick my number 2 overall pick um Twins acquiring in a trade technically a trade Johan Santana um from uh, I believe it was the Marlins Jared Camp they traded Jared Camp and $50,000 to I believe the Marlins for the right to select Johan Santana, and they kind of swapped picks, swapped a tra- it was a trade. Technically, it was a trade to get him out of the Rule Five draft, and uh, and that's how he became a a Twins product. And you know nobody really knew what they had with him at the time. And you know he was a guy that was left unprotected in the Rule Five draft. Then all of a sudden he becomes you know bullpen option, and he de- develops this changeup that is just completely. Unhittable, So a bit of a technicality, but it is, it is technically a trade because they had to trade a player and cash. They didn't just physically select him in the rule five draft. They had to make a trade in order to be able to select him first in the uh, or have a shot at him in the rule five draft. So that was that is my number one overall pick
1: and totally. And I had it number five because I, I agree with you. That's a trade and guy um, has to be one of the greatest uh, just player acquisition moves in Terry Ryan's. Yes. I mean, unbelievable. So technicality a little bit, cause I get what you're saying. It's not the traditional player for player. You're going after a prospect, but what a, I'm trying to remember where Santana was at in his career at that point. Cause it wasn't like it took the twins acquiring him and then an extremely long period of time for him to become what he became. It took a couple of seasons, but they saw something in him is what I'm saying. They targeted him. They wanted to find him. And then they developed him in such an incredible manner. Um, so I love that pick. I think it's fantastic.
0: Well, and they basically like you know they could afford to too because you know the the rule of the Rule Five Draft is you had to keep that player on your Major League roster for the entire yes. season.
1: That's right. So, yes, and that
0: was so that's the two thousand Twins and they they did not they did not expect to be good and he was not good for them that year. He was two and three with a six point four nine ERA. He made five starts but mostly kind of basically was like a long reliever that year. Mm. had 50, 54 walks and 64 strikeouts in 86 innings. He was not <laughs> close to the pitcher he would become. The very next year, he I think he kind of toggled between the minors and the majors. And then by 2002 is when he started to really develop into what he was going to be. But he wasn't even a full-time starter until 2004. They were still mm. kind of messing around with what is this guy? Who is this guy? I think maybe by the end of 2003, he was a full-time starter. But he yeah. he made 27 relief appearances that year kind of, you know, mixing his roles. And finally they were like, okay, yeah, I guess this guy is pretty good. And then, you know, 2004, five, six, seven, just dominant stretch two Cy Young's and away you go.
1: Yeah. That, uh, that, that element of them trying to figure him out. I think about how you have to have patience, you know um, with these young, especially with young pitchers, but I, is the world different? I'm trying to remember what, how, you know, how I sort of absorbed the Johan Santana era. I think, I remember we had Lavelle and Joe might have been our beat reporters at that time. Probably, yeah. And I remember they had some early Twins blogs going. I can remember that we had, and Howard had his kind of fans blog going. Uh, Aaron Gleeman was picking up steam at some point in there. Now, you'll never know this, but no joke, like 2006 or something, I hosted a Twins podcast with a friend of mine. Wow. Yes, a company was starting an early, like, you know think bleacher report style idea yeah. localized uh sports news my buddy was in broadcasting and so he had an in and I became his kind of right right you know what we what would you call it sort of like I am to you right now a non expert talking all the time um <laughs> okay.
0: but uh yeah.
1: anyway yeah so i remember just that those early days of fans really connecting and i feel like santana was one of the kind of galvanizing points of the early twins internet um, because when he was in these this that's that third, fourth year, whatever you were saying there where he was starting to emerge, yeah, and people were going, oh my God, when the change started clicking and you go, we have got something here. um what was more exciting than that? And I can still remember Patrick Royce writing a, a column about when Kurt Schilling and Lee, and Santana were facing each other in an early season match at the Dome and it's just like what it was like to have an ace. back on the twins roster. It had been a long time since they had a real deal just a shutdown pitcher. And they haven't really, unless you count Carl Pavano or something. I don't know.
0: They've not had a pitcher like him since then.
1: Barry Barrio's had us had glimpses, but never never quite got it. And no. Um so anyway, yeah, that's a great pick. I think it's I think it's excellent.
0: Okay. Who you got at number three? Your second okay.
1: We're going Vikings. Um this I think will appear this person will appear on both sides.
0: Oh wow. Okay.
1: But because of the history, because of the legacy, yep. I think the Vikings trading back to get Fran Tarkington yep. um, after sending him to the Giants, you know, yes. kind of taking back that air, reuniting him, bringing him and Bud Grant together and all of the success that they would come to have. Um, and you give away Norm Snead, Bob Grant, you know, Snead had, had a good career. Um, but I like any trade where you are getting a player who comes to define a franchise to me, Fran Tarkington yes. is as much the Vikings as almost anybody. Yeah. Um, and, and it's also, you know, this did not work out with Randy Moss, but it's the same kind of idea. It's like, we have made a mistake here.
0: Yes. Correcting a wrong quantum yes, leaping. You're quantum yes. leaping.
1: <laughs> yes. Going back so, in time. Yes. And I, I don't know. I, I, when I was looking at all of these trades and th- and there's another one that I have, we'll see if you take it, but another one where you kind of have this moment of the player who you add that opens up a franchise. Yes. Um, and to me, that was this move. And it, I, I don't know what should rank higher, the acquisition of Tarkington or the trading away of Tarkington. I think yep. both are definitive moments in the Vikings franchise history, obviously. yes. Um, but to me, again, it just goes back to you are, the Vikings are not the Vikings without Fran Tarkington. And that doesn't happen unless they, you know, make the decision ahead of the 72 season to say yeah. we're going
0: to get back. So, I mean, he took yeah. him to, took him to three Super Bowls. He's a hall of famer. I mean, he, that was, you know, that, that was the missing piece more or less. They had the defense and they needed, they needed a little bit more offense. And he obviously gave them a lot more offense and like, neither one of us were alive for that era, but you can only imagine like what, what his ability. And you know, it's like the original, like, you know, running and throwing quarterback, right? Like yes. one of them, like he was, he was, he would have been perfect for the modern game.
1: He, the, the, but again, it goes back to the thing. We were not allowed for Fran, not alive for Fran Tarkington, but no. I can recognize a highlight of Fran Tarkington instantly. Oh yeah. It's, and again, he is such a defining um, figure in Minnesota sports. And um, you, it's one of those, like you said, it's a, what if it's kind yes. of, you know, you, what happens if he doesn't come back to the franchise um there's no way that they reach the levels of success no. that they had and I don't think that they are quite no. as uh beloved in Minnesota if he is not their quarterback for all of those years so for those reasons I think he, I think it's a bear, one of the best trades in in state history
0: I like it I had him on my list at number four so we're we're okay. we're pretty we're pretty well aligned even though there's probably some uh probably some, there's more de- more room for debate here but I think I think we're pretty well aligned with our first few picks here. Um, okay, number four right. overall, my second pick. Lynx get Lindsey Whalen <sighs> in 2010. Was that was that on your list?
1: Oh, it was my favorite. I was waiting for it. Okay, go ahead.
0: Yeah, she. Uh, that was that was my second overall pick. Just it, they gave up a lot to get Whalen because if you remember the, they had to tra- They had to swap. The, I think it was the first and second pick overall in the draft mm-hmm. with uh, with Connecticut, and they also traded a player to Connecticut who was who was awfully good. And that pick by Connecticut ended up being Tina Charles, who was still. I don't know if she's playing this year. She was still in the league as of last year. I think she's still <sighs> active. Like, she's awfully good. She was the number one overall pick that year. She's been an MVP. Like,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, Connecticut didn't get the short end of that trade by any stretch, but bringing Lindsay Whalen here, which they'd been trying to do for many years, you know, they just didn't have a high enough draft pick mm-hmm. in 2004 when she came out of college. There had been multiple, you know, attempts, iterations of how can they get her? They finally, had what it took to get her in 2010, and you know, then it took a year. They did not even make the playoffs in the first year that Whalen was here, but they missed it just enough to get the lottery pick that they got Maya Moore in 2011 with number one overall. They win the lottery, and then you know, obviously the 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 dynasty that ensues from there four championships in seven years. Lindsay Whalen uh you know Naismith Hall of Famer inducted recently like that just kind of unlocked the modern links in in, in tandem with other players but she became yeah. you know clearly you know the face of that franchise or one of the faces of that franchise
1: it's it's not it's not dissimilar from the Tarkington thing no but I will say when, when I was saying at the start of this that I didn't know what I was going to do there was a part of me that thought is this the best trade in state history because of all of the layers that you're talking about um Unleashing this franchise, bringing you know the WNBA and the Lynx at that time, it's like you're trying to find marketplace, you're trying to figure out how to draw. It's the same thing you're seeing with all the discussion around Paige Becker's and the Lynx this year. Oh, should they tank? No, there's this thing of um wanting to find the right way to engage your fan base and bringing Lindsey Whalen to the Lynx, having the fortune of getting Maya Moore, building this dynasty. I think there's a real argument it's the best trade in, in Minnesota history because how many players can you point to and say that helped to develop a legacy, to right. to develop an entire franchise? Um, I think that the relationship with Tarkington and Grant is a similar kind of concept where you get Whalen, you get Cheryl Reeve, you get this feeling of of um just kismet where yeah. people are meant to be where they are. And it was an inc- uh, yeah, what a what a trade. I mean, and like you said, it's sometimes it's not about what you lose. You lose Tina yes. Charles, you lose Renee right. Montgomery. Like yes. he's a good player. M- Montgomery came back and won some titles with the Lynx. Like, but what you create is undeniable. So um yeah. when the Lindsay Whalen story, is it underrated? Let's do a little underrated over it. I feel like Lindsay Whalen, her her story in the state of Minnesota is one of one. Uh, yeah, I don't know who can touch. It I mean, at this it's point. like, and it's still evolving and ongoing. But man, is she... go
0: ahead. Yeah, it's like you get I mean, like Joe Mauer has this incredible story, but like he never played here in college. I mean, he was number one overall pick, played for the Twins, but you know, didn't win a World Series, never won a never won a playoff game. If we're, if we're being you know completely unfortunately honest, he never won a playoff yeah. game with the Twins because um, that's he's been part of all of those teams since you know two thousand four that haven't won anything. But he, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting to think about, you know, the levels of her, you know, just like winning in college, going to the final four in college, winning four titles, being a, you know, Olympian, a multiple yes. gold medals, like he, that, that legacy, you know, notwithstanding, unfortunately, the, the fact that she couldn't get traction as a head coach and is now out of that program, like what she did as a player that that story, you're right. I think is, I, I don't know if there's, it's hard to imagine how there can be an equivalent to that.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's like if, it's like if, uh, Kevin McHale or something had come down from Hibbing and, and, you know, or some equivalent to that. I mean, I yeah. don't know. It's, it's just, uh, I'm endlessly fascinated by, uh, her story. And I continue to be because, uh, as you wrote about earlier this year, it's like something anyway, we don't need to get into that. Also. I can't believe you just drugged Joe Maurer through the dirt like that. Just unbelievable. I, you know,
0: it's, these are facts, facts. The truth cannot be controversial. Okay. What's, what's the number five overall pick? What's your next pick? Oh,
1: all right. Um, this will fall into a similar space, um, I think. Okay. I'm going with very recent history. Okay. I'm going Stefan Diggs for yep. Justin Jefferson. Uh yep. uh a, a win-win if there ever was one, I think. Um, that was
0: that was sixth on my board, so we're we're very much in step here.
1: Yeah, I think I love this trade because I loved Stefan Diggs. Um the I, Uh, much like, you know, I don't know, the Kennedy assassination or any number of tragedies. I
0: want to know where you're going with this. This is the exact
1: opposite can be said about the Minneapolis miracle. I can talk to anybody who cares about sports in this state and say, where were you when that happened? And I can tell you that I was in the Star Tribune building and that, you know, you're, we're journalists for God's sakes. We keep our independence. We have no rooting interest, but I'll tell you when that play happened, I ran out of my desk and I looked to my left down to where the major sports editor, I was off to the side. The main night desk was down in another part of the room. I looked down there. Paper is flying. People are just yeah. throwing things in the air. Euphoric. One of the great moments in Minnesota sports history. The thought that that player would be gone in such short order, right. I think, is a very difficult thought to process for fans of this franchise. because. He was such an incre- is remains such an incredible wide receiver. The yeah. fact that we were able to turn that into somebody who right now can stake his claim to being the most popular athlete in the state. Um, yeah. One of the most, you know, electrifying players we've ever seen in, on a franchise that is not short of uh, amazing wide receiver talent. Uh, is just great. It's one of the great trades, and it's what every trade should aim to be. Uh, and and never, and it almost never happens. So, I yeah, love it. Good that. for
0: both teams. Yeah. 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 And it's, you know, it, it is, it's like, you know, you think about the Randy Moss trade. Uh, the, the first one, well, I guess there was only one, but when they traded when they traded him to Oakland and got the number seven or overall, seven overall pick and tried to do this same thing with yes. Troy Williamson, like it does not always work out. It, it does right, not. We'll get
1: into that trade. We'll get into that trade <laughs> tomorrow.
0: <laughs> OK, OK. I don't know if that's on my list yet, but I have to maybe I have to revisit that. MGM Wine and Spirits is the choice for savings, service and a great selection of spirits, premixed cocktails, wines and of course, ice cold beers and hard seltzers. With over 30 locations throughout the Twin Cities and beyond, there's an MGM near you. Head to mgmwineandspirits.com to find a convenient location in your area. Get social. Follow MGM on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest news and trends. Make great moments with MGM Wine and Spirits. Your locally owned and operated choice for over 50 years. Save time, save money. Shop MGM. Okay, I like it. I like that pick. I think we're we're on on the same page right now. Okay, I'm going to make my uh, I'm going to make okay. my third pick, number 6 overall. I'm gonna go with another Twins trade here. Nineteen, the year is 1989. The Twins kind of, not I wouldn't call it a dynasty, but they 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 jumped up and win a World Series in 1987. They're very good again in 1988, but fall short of the title. And then 1989, they're starting to fall off a cliff. They need to restart the franchise. They trade Frank Viola. Looks like right at the trade deadline, July. 31st, 1989 to the Mets for Rick Aguilera, Kevin Tappany, David West, Tim Drummond, and Jack Savage. Now, Tim Drummond and Jack Savage didn't exactly exactly work out. David West was okay, but Aguilera becomes the closer on a lot of very good twins teams, Kevin Tappany becomes a starter on some very good twins teams, including the 1991 world series. I don't think they win the 91 world series. If they don't make that trade based on how influential those players were. So sometimes those kind of five for one deals fizzle out, but they got two very important players in that deal.
1: Yeah. It's a good question. If that's a better trade than, than, than the Pierzinski trade because of the result. Um, Cause I think you're right. You do, you don't get 91 without that. And, I Again, like you said, these kind of large package deals, you can look at them in all kinds of different ways. And often they do seem to go this way, that if you are sending back the large package, there has been there. We'll get into one tomorrow that, it, that shows that in Minnesota, this is not always true. But um I just think it's a great trade for that very specific reason. If we go to did it get you to that place? Did it get you to that place that every team and fan base strives for? Well, this, you're exactly right. It doesn't happen without that deal. So um, I like it.
0: Okay. What do you got at number seven or all by the way, Biola was was good for the Mets. I don't think we should say that that was a bad deal for the Mets. He was 20 and 12 for the Mets in 1990. He was a good pitcher for them as well. He was a third in the Cy Young voting in 90. So they, they, they did some good, he did some good things even after he was traded. So it worked for both teams.
1: So you're going to help me on this. Okay. okay? You know, I do not proclaim to be an expert on all things sports, and one of the things that I struggle with sometimes is the NHL. But in doing some research for this, I said, I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn about the history of the Wild, and I'm going to just make sure that there's nothing. And this trade to me stood out, and I think any Wild fan would say that this was one of the great steals. And that would be the Wild um, trading a third-round draft pick for Devin Dubnik. Yes. all of the success that Dubnyk came to have, you know, from a place where maybe a lot of people didn't see this as being a, a franchise altering type deal or, you know, g- gaining the kind of player that would become, you know, a multiple time all star would become considered one of the best goaltenders in the NHL and would really anchor that position, you know, for a number of years for the wild. So when I looked at that and was thinking about small, small, not again, kind of like the Pruszynski deal, not giving up a lot to gain somebody who brought a ton to your team. I thought that that seemed like the best deal that the wild have made um, from a trade perspective in their history. So I got that. I got that coming in here at number seven. Is that where we are?
0: Yeah. Number seven. And that's, that was on my, I had that on my honorable mention list. Like I I had moved it around. It was in my top 10 for a little while just because you're right of the impact it had i mean they were really struggling at goalie for a while there they just they, they had kind of flatlined there they'd made a kind of not a playoff run but they'd won a playoff series i think the year before without much stability in goal yeah. and you know they were floundering again the next year they bring in Dubnyk. and i remember actually writing something when they traded for dubnik like hey this guy might be better than his stats show like he's been on some bad teams you look at some of his like kind of peripheral numbers, some of the advanced stats, like he might actually be better. And it made me look really good when he like took off and went on a, went on a tear that right after being acquired, like he was unstoppable. And I think they made it to the second, they made it to the second round of the playoffs that year too. Now he, he was a little inconsistent as time went on, but for, for that year and for, you know, for the, for the majority of the time that he was here for the next three or four years, he was very good. So I think there's, there's definitely something, something to that and how good he was and how, you know, how, he filled a need and didn't, you know, it was a third round pick. That's all the cost. Right. And, and it was, you know, I, so at the, I think, I think you're right that that swap was, was one of, one of the better deals that the wild have made in their history. And I actually at number eight, um I, you know, I, I bend the rules. I'm, I'm, I, I host this show. I bend the rules a little bit. I, I, I put both ends of the Kevin Fiala trade okay. at number, at number eight, the acquisition of Kevin Fiala, in the deal with the Nashville Predators where they traded away Mikhail Granlund. And, you know, Granlund had been a good player here but never really achieved his potential. They, you know, uh, Paul Fenton, their much maligned temporary GM for about 14 months, made a whole flurry of deals. Some worked better than others. This was a good one. They bring in Fiala. He immediately becomes a pretty good scorer for them. They get the better of that deal. And then Bill Guerin, a couple years ago, is able to, you know, realize the value of Fiala, realize they can't pay him, trades him to the Kings for Brock Faber and a first round pick. Faber is going to be, you know, probably anchor a top four D spot this year for the wild. And that first round pick, who knows what that's going to be, but that's pretty good value for, you know, the years of production you got from Fiala, plus what you gave up and then what you were able to ship out, ship him out for.
1: You know, the, the thing that you're talking about is something that I really focused on in what, in the worst drafts, which is the sort of long-term implication of a move. So I think it's fair to say that, if you look at a trade especially you know this was a fairly short time period right like fiala was a how many years was he here was it four or five seasons i want to say something like that um you're really getting a benefit and then you're moving on from it and saying okay we've 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 taken this resource and done something with it let's see if we can create create more momentum out of it so i i i I begrudgingly accept you uh using both ends of the trade to justify this position i don't know i'm okay was he was, he was
0: here for three and a half years. Three, and a half, three and, years. and
1: a half. years. Yeah. So yeah, that's a really good use of kind of bringing a player in and then shipping him back yes. out and to to reap rewards off of it. So, um, okay, we're at this number. This is your last
0: pick, number nine.
1: Well, this is a good one. And Make this... it a good one. Yes. Well, I'll also say that. Well, we'll get into. We're going to do a quick honorable mention thing. Yes. Right?
0: We'll, yeah. We'll, okay. Yes, we'll talk about people that left got left off the list that we still have on our own lists.
1: Because I have an emotional pick that I'm not going to yes. make. Like, good. Stay away from my emotions. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Good. Yeah. Um, I'm going this is t- this is a tremendous this is one of the great uh, this had to have been Rick Spielman. there's no question, but this <laughs> is um, Jared Allen from the Chiefs, along with a six round pick, they they swap six round picks with the Chiefs and they send th- three more draft picks to Kansas City for Jared Allen. Yeah, Jared Allen, of course, comes to Minnesota has to be one of the greatest personalities to ever arrive yes. in the state. It, it felt like he rode in, like it was a one man rodeo coming to town. Yes. It's like everybody went country. We're all feeling good. It's like, we're going to rodeo. We're, we're just having a great time, but they also get John Sullivan with that six round pick. That's right, they did. Who becomes it's just a tremendous, one of the great value draft picks of Spielman's career. The chiefs get some value out of those deals. I think they got Jamal Charles who yes. if you ever played fantasy football. Jamal Charles was one of those guys. Yes. Like, oh, my God. But then he had injuries. His career was shortened. um, So it wasn't quite the impact it maybe could have been if he had had a long lasting career. But to me, you get Jared Allen and you get John Sullivan. You get the best draft pick out of a deal where you send four draft picks to another team and you land one of the great edge rushers in NFL history. Uh, Should it be higher? Maybe. I don't know. This is a great trade. That's that's a that's a world class trade.
0: That was an all in move. I didn't have it on my list just because I thought they gave up a lot and then had to pay Allen a lot. Like, I don't, you don't see a lot of moves like that these days, but it it worked. It, it absolutely, he like, he was such an important player for them in 2008, 2009. I mean, he was, he's a, he's a ring of honor guy. He's a, you know, he's a, you know, pro football, you know, one of the, one of the all time great edge rushers. 22 Um, sacks,
1: 22 sacks.
0: Yeah. He almost broke the record, right?
1: Yeah. Unbelievable.
0: For a terrible Vikings team, wasn't that the 2011 season when they won like three games? but he almost he almost broke that record.
1: Was it? Was that? Was Ponder here yet?
0: Yes, no. that was Ponder's yes. rookie season. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Boy, that, those were some dark years. I just yeah. think about the names. Do,
0: do you remember who started the year at quarterback that year?
1: I'm, I've been looking up so many trades that I know I'm all jumbled around. So let me just think because I, I was like, oh, was that Sam Bradford? No, that was much later. Um, hmm. I won't get it. I don't know.
0: Donovan McNabb.
1: Donovan McNabb. Jeez, I had so much hope for that. Boy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Donovan McNabb, the Christian Donovan Ponder iconic. Not a great year. Yeah.
0: Not a great year. Good year for Jared Allen, but not a great year for uh, <laughs> Not a great year for the Vikings and that was and then to win 10 games the year after that when Adrian, Adrian Peterson goes absolutely berserk and, you know, runs for 2000 yards, but now, wait, we have I,
1: a lot to get to. Wait. We have yes. a lot to get and we need to finish, I mean. So I know we got to okay. we got to move, but have you been watching the quarterback thing is i need
0: to record? i, I want to okay. talk about it for a show i haven't watched it yeah. yet
1: okay i haven't either but i just i think we're gonna all of a sudden see the redemption of of uh Kirk cousins via netflix which is yeah. just synergy uh coming yeah. to life all of a sudden we're gonna have a new favorite player around the state from a guy who everybody hated uh, a year ago yeah okay. i'll probably
0: talk about that in a future show because I, I gotta binge watch those when i get a when i get a chance yeah. um that just came out uh wednesday um okay so Last pick of the best trades in Minnesota history draft. I'm going to go, I don't know if this is controversial or not, um, because I think the, the the honeymoon was very short, but that year that it was good was very good. I'm going to say the Timberwolves acquiring Sam Cassell and center Irvin Johnson for Joe Smith and Anthony Peeler. Um, with the milwaukee bucks sam cassell um was still he was 33 when they got him so kind of at the tail end but a guy who really you know in tandem with with kg and in some latrell Spreewell that year really changed that team became a closer in the playoffs um one another one of the great what ifs like if he doesn't get hurt uh before the western conference finals or is, is it full strength for that do they beat the lakers do they go to the NBA Finals. Do they win it all in 2004? So I'm going with Sam Cassell, the Sam Cassell trade, getting Sam Cassell, finally kind of unlocking enough of a playoff roster that they could get to the Western Conference Finals, the, the most success they've ever had.
1: I had that on my list at number. Well, it was in my honorable mention. Okay. There. Um, I I I think I think um, sort of in the same way that we talked about you know the Viola trade. You can say this was one of those things that got the Wolves as close as they've ever been. And so I think there's a lot of justification for it. And again, just seeing Joe Smith, his name is very, very difficult to comp- to just read out loud for a Timberwolves fan. Um, yes. So seeing him go probably didn't hurt anybody's feelings, but no. I loved Sam Cassell. And yes. again, like you said, one of the great what-ifs in Wolves history is if he, and the backup was, was, was Terrell Brandon the backup that year? I'm trying to remember mm-hmm. who was backing up Cassell
0: no i think they i think it was um god who was uh, it that year
1: well because remember they had two point guards get hurt in the playoffs and fred hoiberg yes by the time it was all said and done is out there running was, point
0: i think it was still troy hudson
1: maybe it's hudson yeah okay yeah so there and not only Cassell getting hurt but then you lose hudson if, if we're both correct on this you lose yeah. your two point guards and all of a sudden you've got uh yes. you know drop dead fred out there who i love uh dead eye fred yes i you forever um Playing point guard in the Western Conference Finals against the Shaq Kobe Lakers. Yeah. Uh, that just
0: didn't work. Didn't work. Did I mean, not, they they still took not. him to six games, but it was it was, you know, it was if they had Cassell, if they if he did play some in that series, but he wasn't the same. His back, yeah. he, the back problems, and then of course it all falls apart next year. Um, Sam Cassell has, or uh, Luttrell has a family to feed, and oh. next thing you know, they're firing flip. Um, and then a couple of years later they're trading KG. That was kind of the beginning of the end, but that year, Sam Cassell was was the key. You know, the key addition to that year, more more so than Spreewell to me.
1: Yeah. It's funny how the world has changed. You know, you're talking about Joe Maurer and stuff like this. Like the Wolves, the Wolves are trending in the right. We're going to get into this so much tomorrow. I can't even wait for it. So let's just move into uh, the Honorable mention quick. Okay. Yeah. What's
0: your, what, who else did you, who did you, who did we leave off your list?
1: Um, I'll talk about just one, but I'll list a couple. Um, I had uh, Kevin Love for OJ Mayo. Yep. Um, I got
0: that one too. That's good.
1: um, I had uh, Nino Niederreiter for Cal Clutterbuck.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and then this was my one that I loved that okay. I will still I can remember everything about it was when the Twins traded for Shannon Stewart. Yes,
0: that was 10th on my list, very nice. Yeah,
1: I loved that deal. I can remember thinking, you know, him making that leaping catch in Yankee Stadium, yes. all the stuff where it was just like a team needing a little spark yes. and and feeling like, man, they made the perfect trade at the deadline. So I loved, you know, to the, the, the Minnesota has had some very good GMs. I think um, they're no longer in those roles, but you think about some of the Terry Ryan moves, some of the Spielman moves. Um, th- these people knew how to try to build winning programs and how to programs franchises and how to make that key move at the minute. And Shannon Stewart was one of one of my favorites.
0: Now, funny, funny story. I actually covered, I was at the start to be in time. Actually, I was not the beat writer, but I was doing some backup work. I actually covered, the very first game of the Twins Shannon Stewart era uh, as mm. uh, as wrote the game story wow. um, after that trade and they were terrible they were like 44 and 49 at yes. the break before they acquired him they were 20 I think they were 46 and 23 after the oh. all-star break and that trade was almost <laughs> exactly 20 years ago uh, by the wow. way we're, we're oh, talking about almost exactly 20 years ago they, they beat the A's I'm just looking up the box score right now because I want to be sure about this but I believe the Twins batted around in the first inning. Yeah, they batted around. No. They scored five runs in the first inning of that game. <laughs> Shannon Stewart made two of the three outs in the <laughs> inning. He batted leadoff. He made two of the three outs. Like His first contribution to the Twins was making two of the three outs of a five-run inning, but they won that game, and he obviously goes on a tear after that. And it's just The thing I remember the most about it, though, was – he, he because the trade was so fresh he didn't even have the bats he would typically use for mm. that game it was right. he, he was and so uh pre-game he was asked by reporters i was like in the scrum and i think it was he was asked pre-game whose bats he was using and he said he was using luis rivas's bats yeah, for for that game and i still remember i think it was tom powers from the St. Paul Pioneer Press columnist there for a long time said, Oh yeah, there's there's plenty of hits left in those bets. <laughs> so uh, oh, but he God. was he was he was awesome. He was he was great for them that year. And yeah, you're right, made that catch in Yankee Stadium, just totally revamped their offense. Yeah, they they won two out of every three games the rest of that season, and again, won the second of three consecutive AL Central titles that year um let me see a couple for me i oh the uh i had i had kind of lumped devin dubnik and philip gustafson together as kind of these goaltender acquisitions Mm. that kind of flew under the radar at the time but you know the wild is giving up cam talbot who looked like he was kind of part of that kind of one-two punch getting gustafson as kind of more defined backup but then gustafson becomes really good last season becomes their their playoff starter and presumed part of their future they still have to sign him this year but i think that'll happen at some point here soon you're right i had the uh the oj mayo draft night swap with kevin love they also got mike miller in that deal who they would eventually trade along with randy foy for the number five overall pick in the oh, draft God. with the washington wizards one of the two picks they did not use on steph curry in the 2009 draft so a little bit of yeah. trivia there and i also i also like this one is well let's watch this one as time goes on but the 2021 deal where they traded at the deadline nelson cruz for joe ryan um that could become a very good one in the future and already looks pretty good right now because cruz was definitely at the end of an amazing career and ryan has been very good for them so far
1: yeah that's that is a really good one to watch it's been you know the digs and jefferson i'm trying to think of recent trades that have been on the positive side and that's one yeah and same with gustafson where it's like okay maybe this is maybe this is going to be one that's going to really pan out but um Yeah. Okay. Well, very good. What was our number one? Where did we start? I started this thing. Yeah, oh. let's, re-
0: let's recap. I'll, I've got them okay. all listed here. You had the, the, right. the AJ Pruszynski trade. Then yep. we had Johan, the kind of the technicality, the Rule 5 trade. You had Tarkenton. You had Tarkenton at number three. I had Whalen at number four. Yep. You took Diggs for um, Jefferson, essentially, at number five. I had the Frank Viola trade at number six. You had Dubnik at seven. I had the Fiala trades at eight you had jared allen at nine and i had the sam cassell trade at 10. these are the best trades in um minnesota sports history agree disagree who do you think had the better team email me rand at start or you can find me on social media twitter at randball threads got to be on threads now at randball as well or you can find jeff any number of places as well it's been fun being positive jeff um, but, uh, I also can't wait to, for tomorrow's show where, uh, where things are going to get negative too.
1: Yeah, me too. I think those are more fun.